What's up, guys? I'm Hugh Rages. I'm Suicidal Sanders. And we are Technically Gaming, a weekly podcast where we bring you things around the interwebs. If you would like, you can catch the podcast every Friday over at youtube.com slash Rages or most pa- major podcast services around the world. Suicide, what's up? Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> How long we've we been doing this now and you still can't nail that intro down. Yep, doing good, doing good. And despite, uh, on the plus side of things, it looks like the all the... the uh, Feels like a, a starting subject every week, but it does start to feel like the COVID situation has finally started to come back to some kind of uh, normality now. So we do <laughs> have for here, set for there. Um, I think it's getting but, worse. Um, but uh, the good news is that with that, it brings a lot of uh, new and interesting news. So we might as well kick things off with a good one. And um, let's see, where do you want to start? You, you've, you, Hughes actually contributed a lot this week i try (laughs) uh something i'm pretty excited about but it may not be true is bloodborne could be coming to the ps5 and pc suicide yeah it's um a rumor that has kicked off earlier this week and unlike most rumors there are about two or three independent sources confirming this. And that always makes something interesting when different people are all saying the the same thing independently of each other. But yeah, um, exactly to be is unclear, but the the main, uh, the main gist as I understand it is that with the launch of the PS five, there is going to be a born and it will include a PC version. Yeah. Uh, I think all these rumors started whenever a Twitter, a person on Twitter by the name Casey Explosion uh, said that they would offer $100 to charity if they received something juicy about the Bloodborne port. And they, uh, I guess, did. (laughs) And from from what um, I've read, at least, um, there's also a couple of other sources that say this is a possibility i'm you know how i feel about this i've i've stated countless times i'd love to see bloodborne come to the pc you you and i both know because i have tried on multiple occasions to play bloodborne in the past and i just can't i it just doesn't click for me on the console but i know there's a part of me that knows if it released on the pc i'd I'd give it more of a more of a chance more definitely um, run better yeah, and I why. I mean, there's some people saying, is it going to be a sequel or is it going to be re- uh, a remaster? I think it is probably going to be a remaster just because, for as great as it looks, does have its limitations on the PS4. I think it's um, stuck at 30 frames per second, oh, yeah. I think the game runs at, and there, there are moments that that is glaringly obvious. It um, definitely drops at times, yes. And with the with the PS5 potentially offering 4K series, 60 frames. I think this is going to be their flagship launch title. I honestly do. I think they. this is what Sony's going to do. I mean, whether it will come out on the PC is entirely rumor and speculation, but um, uh, if it does happen, and I think it will, I honestly think Sony... Sony isn't stupid, and what, uh, as long as the Xbox, I don't think Sony will care if it goes to the PC. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's certainly... It, 
if it'd be interesting. Now, when will it happen? Well, the, a little backstory first. As, you, as we mentioned um, in the last podcast, Sony was supposed to be holding the future gaming event um, last week. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. It got cancelled. But... Um, but it's on again. Uh, the future gaming is going to be held on June the 11th. So by the time you be... see this, it'll be already happened. Uh, no, it'll be still set to happen because this. When does this go live? It goes live on Friday. Friday. About, it'll um... happen Thursday. It's on the 11th. Uh, no, it... The 11th is Friday. The 11th is Thursday. The 12th is, is Friday. It? Okay. Okay. Shut up. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it'll be going live and from what we understand based on this link um it's very possible that bloodborne amongst a lot of other playstation 5 games will be revealed there are two that have been confirmed that they're going to show off and that's watchdogs and the new assassin's creed game those are the only two that i know that have been absolutely confirmed to be at this event okay um now, uh, it is a subject that I, I um, we will come back to, but just just remember, just bear in mind just for the moment that this was scheduled and then Sony um, put it back. And it was put back because of the George Floyd situation in America, uh, but we will be coming back to this uh, later on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the only other real news that's um, crept up is that um, there are additional rumours that the... Uh, ps5 future gaming events is going to pretty much go the whole hog it's not only going to reveal uh some of the games but i've also heard solid rumors that it's going to reveal the actual final design of the console um the um no we already have the full specifications but the the full details as to what that will truly represent and um, these are the two major ones. It's also speculated that they're going to uh, announce the release date and the price. So it seems that this future gaming event, Sony is using it as the launch platform for the PS5. I mean, by the time this says, we'll know, we'll know for certain or not whether that's true. But uh, by the time you're watching this, we may know when the PlayStation 5 is coming out and how much it will cost. And in regards to how much it will cost, I think we last week, but... Um, uh, Sony has said that they are almost certainly not going to be undercutting the Xbox. So between the two, it does look like the Xbox is going to be the least, the less expensive system. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about release date and price. It's, it's, it's so, it's so hard to believe rumors because we literally hear them so much. We've literally heard them so much here you know, ever the since they've that, announced it, but the only thing that makes me think it's possible is that between now and the expected release date, which is around late November, um, I can't really think of any other better opportunity to do True. it. All the major, all the so major game getting... events and hardware. Events, if Sony is going to do this, it is going to be at a probably online event, and you know, we're in June. I mean, in yeah, theory, the really console late should be in the year. to release. In, in four or five months yeah. i just can't help but feel that sony's going to come come out early you also gotta, this could, also gotta have time for people to this could be the opportunity also gotta have time for people to pre-order too so if they don't hurry up you're gonna miss out on a lot of people doing that as well yeah i mean particularly since sony is going to be selling the ps5 directly as well i mean that that's some 
then we haven't, but that, that's been common knowledge for about six months now that Sony is going to launch a website in which they will sell the console directly. So there's every possibility they may announce it just to um, just to get those early pre-orders in whilst Microsoft kind of... I mean, if Sony does do it, then we can expect Microsoft to do theirs probably within the next two to three weeks to whatever early advantage that might give the PlayStation. But uh, as I said before, based on everything I've heard so far, I am still erring towards the Xbox, but we'll wait and see. Um, moving on, we have some news. We spoke um, prior about uh, AMD looking to launch a refresh of the AMD Ryzen 3000 series. These refreshed designs would feature the XT branding, uh, a branding more associated with the graphics cards um, and reflects essentially a higher tier version of the base model. And it looks like um, despite the uh, I mean, we have literally a, a mountain of evidence now that I can't even call it rumor. This is happening. It's just waiting for AMD to rubber stamp it. But um, we've seen some Ashes of the Singularity benchmarks leaks showing an AMD Ryzen 3800 XT. Um, didn't show the clock speed, so we're not in a position to give any kind of direct comparison. But the, I mean, the bottom line is these processors exist. They're probably going to be announced in the next couple of weeks. If you're in the market for a new AMD processor, these are likely going to release with some price cuts as well, just to combat uh, Intel's Comet Lake S. So if you are in the market for an upgrade, these could be a really decent option. Or at the very least, if you don't think you're going to be able to afford the um, next gen uh, Ryzen's, the Ryzen 4000s that are expected around September, um, these are still going to be great, great processors. I mean, the entire 3000 range as it is, is fantastic. The 3600, which uh, uh, Hugh has in his PC, is without a doubt the best value for money processor around the moment. I love it, dude. I love it. I love it. Absolutely, dude. It's everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, of course, update you here as soon as we hear it, but uh, expect, AMD. Some new, Hurry the hell up. <laughs> expect some new AMD Ryzen processors, but they're not technically going to be new. They're just going to be, they're not, it's, it's going to be a refresh and by refresh, we're probably just going to see clock speeds kicked up a couple uh, hundred megahertz. Um, nothing insane. Figures I've heard suggest five to 10% performance boost on the base model but on a Ryzen 3000 yet and you want one, these might be the perfect uh, landing point for you. Yeah, it's awesome to see them <clears throat> going back and showing their their old hardware some love. It's un In truth, just touching on that, it's unusual for AMD to do that. Intel loves refreshing. I mean, even uh, just, I'm not going to go too far down the road on this, but uh, we had an announcement earlier this week that Intel was officially uh, discontinuing their 8th gen processors. Um, for those of you um, who uh, remember, you, who know the more iconic 8th gen was the one that released in that dodecahedron packaging. I don't know if Hugh's familiar with it, but the box was how decahedron is 12 i think um sided box and it was really really eye-catching uh, almost in the same way that the amd thread rippers come in a really really flash glass box um but they announced that they were discontinuing them but we're talking about refreshing this is the first time that amd has actually rim range today every generation has been something new um, it may have been the same architecture, but, um, you know, we, we've already we've talked about this at length, but uh, 
every AMD Ryzen generation to date has seen a smaller node design. There's always been something different about each one. Whereas Intel's latest Comet Lake S, which is their 10th generation, is, if we're being honest, at its DNA, exactly the same as the eighth gen and, and a caught up and caught Intel out. Well, Intel has kind of just been flogging this increasingly dying horse. AMD has been innovating. Um, but I have absolutely no issue with AMD refreshing oh, these no. models. It is, it is clearly a knee-jerk to the release of Comet Lake S. Um, but, you know, who cares? More, more and better processors is, is just I mean, better for us consumers. If, they, if they're, they're already good, so if they can make them slightly better, go for it. <laughs> Shit. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. So no, nobody's going to complain. And if you own a non-X processor right now, do not feel bad. Um, the performance gains are, are not going to be colossal. You're not going to be left behind. This is still same-gen technology. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you already have a Ryzen 3000 and you're thinking, oh, AMD bastards, I just bought this 3600 and now they're kicking out an XT version. Don't. It, it really isn't a significant release. Uh, it, and it's only really designed just to attract people still on still on the first generation or maybe Intel 8th, 9th gen users who uh, have been eyeing up AMD and uh, are thinking about making the move. So uh, sticking with AMD, um, this is a, a nice and quick one to kick out. Big Navi, we've discussed this before. AMD's attempt at creating a high-end graphics card to compete with NVIDIA. Is it coming? Almost certainly. When will it? Don't know exactly, but AMD has said that Big Navi will be released before the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So Big Navi, AMD's top-end graphics card, whatever that may truly represent to be released within the next three to four months. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Xbox has rent, went on record and said that their console will be in November. They didn't give a specific date, but I swear they did say November. I think they have said that they are targeting a holidays release, which in America means um, basically uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, in, in the rest of the world, we would call holidays Christmas, but in America, Christmas kind of starts when Thanksgiving ends. So that's <laughs> the holiday. Come live in my house. And think <laughs> Christmas starts whenever November, like as soon as Halloween's over, man. <laughs> <laughs> dragging, in, dragging in a Christmas tree on November 6th and then wondering why you've just got a dead brown stump on November 29th. <laughs> Goodness, man. <laughs> So, yeah, if you are, I mean, how good these graphics cards will be is entirely unclear, but um, they're going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. Um, so uh, another um, interesting one that we've seen this week is that um, Dead Island 2, Deep Silver initially announced that that game was, um, they, they initially launched or at least revealed the, the game was in development back in, probably noticed it's 2020 now. And we have seen neither hide nor hair of it. Um, why is that? Well, unfortunately, the game is in something of development hell at the moment. I think it's um, went through like been... two publishers or two three, developers. Three develop... It's been through three developers. Ah. Um, just because they only recently they they axed the last one last November. Um, but um, it's. It is coming. I mean, Deep Silver is absolutely committed that this game will release, but it just seems abundantly clear that the um, development studios have been um, 
put in the work too. They're not happy with uh, what they've been producing. That being said, we have seen this week an unfinished test build from the very first build of Dead Island 2. Now, this is the build that has come from the developer. I'm just uh, looking at their name. Jago, or how they must pronounce it, but um, this was the build that came from the game's original developer. And while it, it, it clearly lacks a lot of polish um, and is now well in excess of, you know, four or five years old, it actually looks really good. And although I'm certainly not encouraging you to go out there and find it, it is out there. Wink, wink. So <laughs> if you do want it, uh, to try um just have, have a search um but just looking at the video it, it 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 did look decent i mean whether it would have been um i i i'm not quite as i liked dead island but i don't think it was the classic that a lot of people like to make it out to be um it was a good game it, it was okay it, it was it was decent, but I was nothing special but i mean there are clearly a lot of people that really love this game but um uh you know there is a test build of this early build it it, it, it achieves absolutely not this is, has absolutely no bearing on whatever dead island 2 will represent yeah um but uh, it is out there developers it ago. <laughs> yeah it's um uh as for when it will release dead island 2 i mean we are still told rather optimistically that it will happen uh, as for when, though, is anyone's guess. I don't, I think even next year is optimistic surrounding this. And as it's just weird to see a game that isn't particularly, at least from my perspective, that highly anticipated being pushed back this far. Usually, if this was an EA game, something would have come out there, come out their ass by this point. That that uh, but, test build uh, that you've seen probably would have been the game. <laughs> It probably <laughs> and then they finished it off with the dlc <laughs> but yeah uh, so it's out there if you want to find it it's um it's not finished but it's more than a little interesting and sticking with the gaming news this one is really really interesting uh as a lot of you may be aware um because the total war franchise has a lot of fans and um i i really liked the uh Three Kingdoms uh, Total War game that released either last year or the year before. I really like that. Uh, but there is a new one on the way. It is going to be based on the. Um, I think they. I think it's. I, I, somebody's going to correct me. I'm sure, but I think it's based on the Parthenon War, which is basically Troy, uh, the Trojan Horse, all that jazz. Um, now, why is this interesting? Well, it's releasing as an Epic Epic's Game Store exclusive. That's hardly interesting, as I hear you say. Well, the point is that when this actually comes out on August 13th, the game is going to be absolutely free. That's yep, crazy. You heard that correct. You've heard that correct. This is going to be released for absolutely nothing. The only condition is you have to grab your copy on launch day. In other words, when this comes out on August 13th, you have 24 hours to claim your free copy, after which point it'll just be on general sale probably for about 30 40 dollars um 
so yeah this this is another major 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 coup for the epic game store just to get this as a free promotion on launch day um now from what i understand it this isn't going to be as detailed as other total war games this is more of a spin-off rather than a whole new addition to the franchise but um it's free and it's a total war game yeah you can't argue with that if you you um, don't like it you got it for free (laughs) free is free definitely interesting things in that regard now you destiny 2 i as you know i have very little love for this game but do you want to tell people about the live event so destiny 2 held the first live event i actually stayed up to watch this so suicide let me give you a little backstory on what's happening here so there's a big ship in the sky right it tried to blow up the sun in the beginning of Destiny 2. And we and, and the people and you and you stop it. So that's not <clears throat> Well, that's not the end of it. Uh-oh. So the uh the group that tried to blow up the sun are now <clears throat> we're sending these this big ship plummeting towards your your t- the tower, you know, uh in the in the city which is the last place of civilization on the earth Uh uh-oh right so it's been pretty cool you could actually see the ship in the sky so you would think like with you know Fortnite and them doing their live events destiny was like well we want to kind of try to get into this well there was a big problem so they told everybody to be on there at 12 p.m pacific standard time i believe yeah, the uh, the thing did not explode until, let's see, I got on, no, it wasn't 12 p.m. It was 12 p.m. Central Standard, which is when I got on. It didn't blow up until 1.30. You basically had a few <clears throat> hundred thousand people just staring at it so online the f- for first 30 minutes, two hours. You've seen rockets slowly fl- flying toward it. The next 30 minutes, it started making sparkles. Now, now don't get me wrong. <laughs> whenever, whenever the thing actually blew up and it like plummeted towards the planet, like and flew past the, the tower and like hit off in the distance and blew up. And you know, the debris and parts of the tower were destroyed. It was amazing. But the time that it took to get to that point was just insane. I kind of get why they did it because they, they, you know, people, you know, a lot of people are going to try to log in. You're going to have people getting disconnected, people that can't get on. They wanted to give as many people time as they could to get on. But an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, um, let's see, uh, uh, do, do. But yeah, now this so is what like I have it. to say about it is, the event, cool, next time, please, shorten the time. <laughs> right, uh, let's see, uh, we have some news in regards to, uh, the Google Stadia, and it's it's not entirely positive news, really. Um, early this week, the CEO of Take-Two Interactive basically launched a bit of a stinging 
attack at Google saying that it massively oversold the console to consumers. Now, uh, by oversold, I do not mean that it sold a lot of units because, as we all know, the Google Stadia has not sold a lot. Um, but what he is basically overpromised, they, they said that the console was capable of delivering far more than it was. And from what I understand, the biggest criticism of the Google Stadium is that when it works, it's great. The problem is you need an obscenely good internet connection to get the best out of it. Um, so it's... Google Stadia really doesn't need at the moment because it launched late last year and it, it's been struggling. It really has been honestly finding it difficult to find a solid consumer base um definitely not doing good at all um it's 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 a weird one what the take two interactive ceo basically says is that google has gone all in on game streaming rather than actually producing a console now if google had made a console that would have been that would be and really interesting just because if anyone's going to compete against Microsoft and Sony, it's going to it's going to have to be Google. They're the only company in the world at the moment with the money and the resources to do it. Um, and I think everyone just sees the Google Stadia as um, that just hasn't struck the right chord with uh, the gaming community. It can still be a success, but uh, am I going to buy a Google Stadia? Oh no, 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 no. Let's feel like Google has a big track record for <laughs> kind of trying these types of things. And then if it doesn't particularly go their way, you just kind of see them shift towards giving up on it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's speaking <clears throat> uh, of being uh, in consoles and things of that nature. We had news earlier this week that uh, following on from systems such as the PlayStation Classic, the uh, SNES Mini, the SNES Mini, Sega uh, and the, the, the Mega Drive or uh, what did you call the Mega Drive over there? The Genesis. Um, they are going to launch a mini version of the Game Gear. Now, for those whippersnappers amongst you who don't know what the Game Gear it was basically Sega's answer to the Game Boy. And... In many respects, it was a much superior handheld device. And um, sound quality was better. Sega had a game, uh, a game like a Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed. I could have forgiven you if you'd have said that. If I'd have said the Atari Lynx, because that sold poorly. Wait, that the was Atari a handheld. Had a Game Boy. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Atari had the Lynx, Sega had the Game Gear, Nintendo had the Game Boy. They I all had released a Game Boy. around the same time. Um, now, at the time, the Game Boy was the king of the handheld systems, largely because it was significantly cheaper than its um, than its rivals. Um, Sega Game Gear was about forty dollars more. I think the Atari Lynx was about a hundred dollars more. Um, but anyway, yes, Hugh, Sega did have. A handheld wow. device. It was called the Game Gear. <laughs> Learn some new and every they're, day. <laughs> they're launching a mini version of it, or at least primarily are launching it in Japan. But it's it's more than a little bit weird because rather than coming pre-bundled with a whole bunch of games, um, what they are doing is they're releasing four coloured systems. You get a yellow one, a red one, a blue one, and a black one. And depending on the system, 
system depends you get with it. How many games do you get? You get four on each. Four. I see what Count you're doing. Four. I see what you're doing, four. Sega. You want some more well, money. You want people to go out and yeah. buy all four, don't you? Exactly. That's I mean. I mean, out of the four, um, there's a lot of games that would largely only appeal to the um, the Japanese market. If these do release in the West, um, firstly, I would probably expect um, some different games on the other colours. But the black ones, as things stand, is the most interesting. The Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun and Royal Stone. Now, I've never heard of Royal Stone, but... no. Out game, Puyo Puyo 2 is an awesome game, and Sonic Head, Sonic Hedgehog on the Game Gear is it's all right. It's not as good as the console version, but it's passable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you has already called this one out for what it is. Each each of these mini systems is going to be sold for about fifty dollars each, and what Sega wants is for kill all four of them. Um. I'm a bit disappointed to be honest. I'd have really have been all over this if it came bundled in with like twenty thirty. Uh, at the Game Gear, and if I'm being honest, the Game Gear had a decent library, nowhere near as large as the Game Boy. But there, there are genuinely some really good games uh, out on the Game Gear, even if you've never heard of uh, the console itself, let alone the, uh, let alone any of the games. But um, yeah, uh, there's also a question mark as to whether these will ever be released outside of Japan. But at least with them being released in Japan, it's an indication that Sega is at least, if it's a success there, they'll probably release it to the West. Um, because the game, as I said, it never sold as well as the Game Boy, but it was still quite a popular uh, handheld device at the time. Largely just because technologically it was a lot better than the Game Boy. As I said, you had a colour screen. It was better to hold in the hand, and uh, the sound quality was better. The game quality was better. Um, uh, and as I said, every that doesn't always work in your favour, though. It it really did, honestly, literally just don't boil down to price. Because of, of the three um, handouts I mentioned, I would say that the Atari Lynx was probably the most powerful of the three. Um, but it was also the most expensive. Ergo, people didn't buy it. Hence, it was a failure. Yeah, if you are up for a bit of mini portable Game Gear action... I mean, the consoles look really neat. They're basically just a scaled-down version of the original one, about 20% smaller. Um, but it, they still look exactly the same. I, I dare say that they're going to be a lot of fun. And unlike the original, these only require two AAA batteries. The original, I think, needed six AA's. And even then, it would barely run for about three hours before going flat. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we don't really have those <clears throat> problems anymore. Thank God. So, so uh, moving back onto the text, stuff um corsair power supply owners pay attention if you own one of their sf power supplies corsair has issued what is loosely being termed as a voluntary are they doing this well there's a fault in the ac conversion part of the power supply Uh the good news well the good news regarding this is that this power supply doesn't actually really deal with any of your components so if it does fail there's zero risk of it damaging any of the hardware inside your pc um i mean the the clear bad news however is that if this goes your power supply stops working and if your power supply isn't working you haven't got a working pc so it is only specifically on the power supplies and which stands for small factor it's it's basically their their smaller power supplies um, more designed for um, micro 
PCs things. Um, but if you own one of those, uh, check out the serial number uh, and get onto Corsair's website. There, it, it's a voluntary recall. This isn't Corsair specifically saying we need to have this back. This is Corsair saying that if you want to have this, if you want to send this back and have it replaced, we will allow it. But it's only for a certain batch number. Um, but it's definitely worth looking out because, um, you know, power supplies, although generally speaking, the most boring part of a PC, they're arguably the most important. Well, yeah, because <laughs> that, that, that gets the power where it needs to go. And if there's a problem there, um, see if your PC gen- works without one. Yeah. You know, just if you do have a, a, a Corsair SF power supply, just, you know, um, check out the website. It is a voluntary recall, but if you do own one of the affected models, I think there was some uh, 2019 and March this year. So if you bought one around that time, it might be just worth checking out because uh, you don't want to dodge your power supply in your power. Um, onto a, uh, a pretty major leak we've seen this week. Um What can be touted as one of three potential designs of NVIDIA's 3080 uh, graphics card, what will represent their Founders Edition, has leaked online. Now, the initial images were more than a little bit crude, but um, and a really, really good um, 3D graphic designer. We've basically been given some highly polished versions of them, based at least based on what he what he could see from the leaked images. Um, and it looks like NVIDIA may be taking their graphics cards in a very interesting new direction. Now, I should point out, these are Founders Edition cards. In other words, these are the graphics cards that NVIDIA themselves will create, manufacture, and sell. These, this is nothing to do with companies such as Gigabyte, MSI, who take the original base design and then apply their own version to it. Um, but I, I think the design looks really cool. I mean, the most interesting part about it is the fact that um, rather than traditional graphics cards that have the fans on the bottom, in other words, when you fit it in a PC, the fan is at the bottom. This one actually has an it's, it's clunky twin fan design that has one at the bottom to the left, one at the top to the right. And it's designed to channel the air through two separate heat sinks and then out the top fan. So it, it's almost creating sort of like a wind tunnel kind of effect. Um, the only downside to it is that with this cooling system, it is clearly highly complicated. And there are reports suggesting that as for as fantastic as it looks, just to create one of these coolers would cost around $150. Now... That isn't the graphics card either. That is just the cooler on the graphics card, which, generally speaking, shouldn't be a particularly expensive component to manufacture. Um, is it cost? Is it costing Corsair $150 to make one of these? No, because Corsair will order these in the thousands, and they will probably get at least 50% knocked off that price. But it does, at the very least, suggest that these Founders Edition cards, if it's costing NVIDIA that much just to make the cooler the chances are that these are not going to be um, expensive as the 20 series graphics cards they released back in 2018. So um, when NVIDIA does launch their new 3000 graphics cards later this year, particularly these Founders Editions, uh, and just touching on this fan design, it is only believed that it's going to be used on three of their um, graphics card designs, the uh, 3080, the 3080 Ti, and the Titan. Uh, And even then, the Titan rumor suggesting that Titan's going to be rebranded to the 3090. So, you know, it's all rumor and speculation, but the chances are that 
if you're expecting prices to at least hold, I would doubt it. It looks like NVIDIA's high end is going to get even more expensive than it already is. And to put that into context, a 2080 graphics, this is two years on from their release, will still set you back the best part of $700, um, possibly more if you get one of the more advanced versions. Um, yeah, so it looks absolutely fantastic, but it isn't going to be cheap. That is that is it, the whole matter in a nutshell. Boo. Boo. So, Hugh, what is or what is the news surrounding kingdoms of uh, Amelie, Amelie, Amelia? <laughs> Amalor, Amalor is what it's supposed to say, but it's Amelie. <laughs> kingdoms of Banyasol. Uh, Kings of Amalur is getting a remaster. Um, at first, it was just kind of a speculation rumor, but it has been confirmed that in August, Kings of Amalur will be getting a remaster. Uh, I believe it's going to be on PC, PS4, and Xbox. What is it? I think I'm right in saying um, that's a THQ game, isn't it? It was not at first. It was uh, made by oh, okay. a studio called Big Games. And um, I, I presume T- THQ acquired them at some point. Yeah, Big Games. Little, this was the franchise. This was their only game. <laughs> uh, they put so much money into okay. it and expected it to do so good that it just didn't do what they they needed it to do and they had to sell THQ Nordic bought it uh and they're going to put out the remaster i ho- i honestly hope they do more with the world um there were talks i believe at one time that they might make like an uh an online version um of in set within the world which i think would be pretty cool but uh I never played it, but there was just something about it that always had a bit of a um, a bit of a stink of Peter Molyneux about it. Um, if just to give you that reference, Peter Molyneux made Fable, and if you remember when the original Fable came out, Peter Molyneux promised us the Earth with that game, and we got delivered as a small patch of ground, maybe no, ten I... foot square. Um, and it, there was something about this game that just always had that a bit of that stink about it. They always hyped it up to be far greater than what it eventually turned out to be. And uh, I, I didn't know it was an ind- independent studio that made it. And maybe that explains well, I mean, why it had it some quite big names working on it, like R.A. Salva- Salvatore, uh, Tom McFarlane, just to name a few, a couple. Um, it had some big names working on it. I don't like I like I started playing it. I played it whenever it first came out. I started playing it again yesterday. It's not a bad game. It's not a bad game at all. It has its faults, but I think it's a it's a decent game. Um, the only thing that really didn't age well with it is definitely its graphics, and it seems like they're definitely going to take an uptake on that with the remaster. So we'll see how it does for them whenever they re-release it. If you want a more in-depth analysis of you playing the game, you can watch it live now on twitch.tv forward slash Hugh It should be archived on there, and I dare say it's probably going to be heading to YouTube at some point in the very near future. Maybe. I don't know about Maybe. that. Maybe. 
I don't know but about it's a definitely YouTube on version. his Twitch. So if you go definitely into his on Twitch, Twitch and look into his old videos, you'll see uh, you have a playthrough of it there. Um, sticking with the gaming news, and this is a, as a subject that is, I'm going to try and deal with it as factually as possible at some point of probably expressing some of my personal opinion in this. And this is that. Um, Modern Warfare has uh, well, well. Let, let's the, there are three basically big pieces of news surrounding Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and I'm going to get them out of the way quickly, and then I'm going to go into detail as to my thoughts on them. Um, Call of Duty uh, was supposed to launch season four last week. They didn't. They cancelled it under um, showing solidarity for the George George Floyd situation in America. Um, it turns out that season four, rather than being def- indefinitely postponed, it's it was merely pushed back a week. Um, I think uh, I think we've got confirmation now that uh, somebody did a data mine. It isn't a hundred percent nailed down confirmation, but somebody did the date on the Activision or Infinity Ward have basically done was just changed the start date. Um, for season four to from june the 2nd to june the 10th or at least rather the close date for season three um now they still haven't confirmed that this is the case but um by the time you will hear this season four it looks likely that season four will be announced um we've also since the um the uh, delay of season four started seeing a lot of um uh, Black Lives Matter messages appear in the loading screens of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how what what Hugh's opinion on on this, but the, the whole situation kind of stinks a little to me, if I'm honest. Uh, what does Hugh think? Is Hugh gonna? Is Hugh touching this one? Me. Um, all I can say on the all I can say on the matter is. Uh, I really, the situation that happened with George Floyd was, was, was not right. In my opinion, it it, it wasn't right. What happened? Uh, do I think the media takes stuff and blows out of proportion? Yes. Uh, but I do think not only in America, but all over the world, uh, just, racism in general is a problem um is there an easy way to get rid of it no but um some of the just just to okay just so i can throw it out there do i think people going and burning down places is right no uh are people angry yes and do i think they have a right to be yes uh i would really just like to see equality for everybody in the world honestly uh how do we get to that <laughs> i have no idea um would i like to in some way eventually help get to that i don't see people for color in the first place that's just not me uh but hopefully we can get to some court some sort of resolution with all of this and get get it to where everybody can be treated equally. That's all I'm going to say on it. I, I don't disagree with Ed there. The only issue that I have is that if you are going to do something like this, 
like as we mentioned earlier when sony um was delaying the launch of the gaming for uh, the future of gaming we've seen something exactly and we're we're, we're almost certain i, I don't want to nail activision down on it just yet but both of those events said that they were being indefinitely postponed to show solidarity and to give media attention to the Black Lives Matter movement. Is a week enough, or no. is that just no, pointless? They, it's more is PR. That just very it's blatant PR. virtue signaling from the companies. This is the companies trying to pretend that they're better than, than they really are. And this is the problem that I have with Call of Duty. If it if season four does launch um before the end of this week, it completely undermines the message that they tried to send in the first place mm-hmm. by delaying it. Um we've seen something similar um from Rockstar Games. They recently announced, God knows why, that they were shutting down the GTA and Red Dead Redemption servers for two hours in if, I don't recall if it was in memory of George Floyd or just, you know, for the Black Lives Matter movement. To me, that all that read as we're shutting down the servers for two hours to perform server maintenance. Let's say that we're doing led if I was if it was cynical me in the Rockstar game, we need maintenance. Let's shut them down for two hours and say that we're doing it for solidarity for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I have nothing against companies, developers, gamers, whatever, doing things showing um, signs of support of what they believe in. But I am just, I just can't buy it off. Um, I can't buy it off Activision. I can't buy it off uh, Blizzard. I can't buy it off Rockstar. I can't buy it off even off Sony. It, it, if you're going to delay things indefinitely, post a black picture on your social media. And then in less than a week, announce that the event's back on. All it says to me is that you don't really care. You only did this in the first place to get attention and to show a fake sign of support. If if Activision, I, I when I initially reported on Activision delaying season four, I thought they would delay it at least a month. I thought about a month. I thought that's a fair period in which most people would reasonably say that, you know, you the media situation would have calmed down. People are still burning down homes across America. Shops. Minnesota is a trash heap from what I can see at the moment. And they still think that, you know, the media attention. If Activision launches it by the end of this week, all Activision is saying is, right, that's had enough attention now. Let's let's move back onto our game now, please. Yeah. Please buy the. Well, no, uh, I think cyber. They were supposed to do like something for cyberpunk and they postponed that, too. And uh I don't think that they've even said anything else about like what they were supposed to be doing. Like that's what people should be doing. If they really care, they really care, which I I love CD project red. I think they're one of the best game developers, honestly out there. Um, They give you, it seems like they really care about the people that they are, you know, giving they're making these games for, um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that uh, for a lot of these companies, it was a, it was a, hey, this is going to bring us more people in. Nothing to do with Black Lives Matter and everything to do with publicity. Yeah, exactly. And that's wrong. And um, I, I really, I am waiting. My my typing fingers are ready 
to pounce on Activision if they do launch season four by the end of this week, because I'm going to call them out. I've already done it in a in a pre- previous article I wrote this year. If they release season four this week, then all they did by delaying it was virtue signal. They were saying, look at us, look how good we are. We care about black people. We care about minorities. Let's not release season three until for everything, you know, to give this the attention it deserves. And then we'll release it next week and pretend that nothing happened. Um, I, I have nothing against people stand people or companies standing up for what they believe in. But if you're gonna, don't just virtue signal. Don't say that you care about something if it's pretty clear that within a week you consider that enough time to move on. It makes no sense to any. It, it, it angers. It, it it genuinely angers me that 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 they they do this because. It's not the fact that they it angers me that they did it. It's the fact that kind of basically trying to get back to normal after less than a week of saying something is definitely indefinitely postponed just comes off as disingenuous to me. And that's what angers me. Why do it in the first place if you're just going to get back to business as usual within a week? Completely agree. But, but that's just my opinion. It, it, and it, it annoys me. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll find out. I mean... All I will say is this. I'm, all I'm going to conclude on the matter is this. Within the next few weeks, you are going to tell the difference between the companies who legitimately posted something as a genuine sign of support from those who only did it to virtue signal and to gain attention. In the next week or two, you're going to see who those, those people are. Yeah. And I'll end, it, I'll end it at that. Completely agree. Moving on to, moving on to lighter news, because we need some lighter news. Pew and I are both huge fans of Studio Ghibli, and we have some amazing news in regards to that. Even though there I can't watch thing... their movies on Netflix, just saying, throwing that out there. And you know, are they not available in America? I don't, I don't think they are, no. Well, there, we, we've we've got about a dozen here in the uh, UK, so we're, we're, we're clearly far more loved than you. Um, But... Fantastic news um, is that uh, Studio Ghibli has their next feature film. It is going to be um, this. This might that you take take this as you will. I understand some will appreciate this and, and others will not. But it is going to be their first fully CGI animated film. Um, we don't have any screenshots or trailers yet, so we don't know exactly what that is going to represent. Hopefully, I think most people are hoping that. Studio Ghibli isn't going to go down kind of the Disney Pixar route. Not not that there's anything wrong with that, but Studio Ghibli won so many hush by looking vastly superior to anything that Disney has produced in the last 20, 30 years. It's coming out this winter. Better still, it isn't even going to be a theatrical release. It is releasing on NHK, which is one of Japan, Japan's... It's basically Japan's version of the BBC or, or CNN or something like that. It's just one of the, one of their generic TV stations. Um, and it is coming out this winter. So by the end of this year, we are going to have our new Studio Ghibli film. And uh, um, all I know is the cover of uh, Wind Jones's books. Uh, Wind Jones was the writer of the original Howl's Moving Castle book that if you know your Ghibli, you'll know Studio Ghibli did an, an adaptation on that. So it's going to be another adaptation of one of her written works. Um, there's, 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 it's they interesting. haven't said in the, which one yet? 
Uh, yeah, I uh, let me see if I can. It's not a title. The, the the title. I know the title of the film, but it's not the same title. The, the book itself, I think, is called. Uh, let me wrap my brain here. Uh, the the book is called Earwig and the Witch. The title of the Ghibli film is Ayer uh, and the Witch. So there are the, a slight discrepancy there, and I think Ghibli was probably right to change the name. I, I don't think. Uh, what was the original one? I've already seen. That's how bad it is. I can't even remember the original one, and I said it five seconds ago. I don't think Earwig and the Witch is a very good name, but um, it's very um, strange. I mean, the only um, factor of some note is that uh, this film is being directed by um, uh, Goro Miyazaki, who is uh, Hayao Miyazaki's son. This is the third film he will have directed for studio. I think it's pretty fair that the two films he directed before for the studio are not considered to be amongst their better entries. In fact, yeah. I, I, I was, Tales of Earth Sea was decent, but it was, it, I'm, not, I'm just going to say it, it was poorly directed. It was badly written and it was poorly directed. They tried, that is like a, a, a four or five, maybe even more book franchise. And they tried to cram in, about three film, uh, three of those books into one film, and it was just too much information. It was disjointed. It was jarring. It wasn't. It wasn't a great Ghibli film. Um, well worth watching, but just not one of their better examples. Um, I'm. Uh, let me see if I can remember the other film he did. It was. It, it was one regarding planes. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But let, let's just say that his directing films for Studio Ghibli haven't been their best, and I think many would argue they've actually been some of their worst. Um, I'm fully open to him reprieving himself with this one, though, and I will take anything Studio Ghibli, because it's been more than a little while since we saw our last film. So, um, yeah, all going well with this release on Japanese television this winter. We'll have a English, uh, English sub-version by the new year. Um, probably not legitimately available online, but it'll be there if you know where to look for it. Wink, wink. <laughs> I feel like we say that a lot, and I'm really not encouraging anyone to do anything. Um, right. Uh, Hugh, Valorant is going to be coming to the console. Is this true? And if Valorant, so, what's happening? They Ooh. are looking into making a console version, but it is not. They they are far from saying this is going to be set in stone. They're just kind of looking into the possibility of doing it now and kind of experimenting with it. Uh, now, my thoughts on if I think this is a good idea, uh, let's just let's take a trip back into the past to the good old PS3. Whenever, uh, whenever, uh. Valve decided that they were going to put Counter-Strike on a console, and it did horrible. It was bad. <laughs> uh, I I don't I don't know. Seeing as how like this game is somewhat different, which is, incidentally, which is which is ironic because usually it's the other way around. Usually it's console games that come to the PC and are then terrible. Uh, but this was a rather unique instance of a PC game going to the yeah. console and then it being terrible. Counter-Strike did not work <laughs> anyway. on the console. Not at all. It just, it no. just, no. Uh, do, do I think Valorant will work? It has a slightly better chance because, uh, I mean, you can, you know, aim down sights and stuff with the guns, I guess. Uh, 
It's not as uh, is, is it. I don't think it's as much as a precision shooter as Counter Strike, but I'm still I still have my worries about it. Um, if it will actually work, um, I actually want to just touch on briefly. Uh, my game actually came out. Um, I believe it was like a week or two ago on the console called Warface Breakout, which is a Counter Strike type clone, and I believe it's the very first Counter Strike s game that's pretty good for the console it has its uh it has its bugs and its problems yeah but as i believe that crytek is actually i think they're the publisher i don't know who the developer is but i believe they're actually trying to make this a good game and if they do i believe it'll be the first really good counter-strike s game on uh, the console, also, if you would like to, you know, hear my thoughts on the game completely, there'll be like a thing in the top corner where you can shameless go watch a video. <laughs> That's what will be in the corner, a shameless plug alert. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I haven't played it, but I, I have heard it's decent. Uh, and, you know, for a game that has, has only just come out, that is... That is, that is everything you want to hear at the moment, quite frankly. I've heard that he's decent to good. Um I haven't heard anything. Let's put it that way, and that's that's always a, a positive start. It has problems, else. yes, but the developers seem like they are very determined to fix them at the moment. Talking about fixing, or more accurately, creating problems, Twitch has been on a copyright claim wave. Tell us about it, Hugh. So, uh, from from what I um, have heard about this the dmca is hitting people's clips for music that's why i don't use copyrighted music in my stream which you can go check out at twitch.tv slash outrageous that's another plug i don't care where this is the plug episode today shame (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah uh so clips from 2017 to 2019 are getting hit by this I've seen people that have got messages that said, um, we found like two or three of your clips that have um, music in them that's copyrighted. If we find any more, your ch- channels are comp- your channel will completely be banned. Uh, so it's leading a lot of people to go and have to delete like all their clips because you never know like which ones are going to have the music in and which ones are not going to, you know, especially over a two year time span. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's going to be the biggest problem, really, isn't it? Because you, you, there are a lot of streamers out there that just constantly have music playing in the background and they don't play it to, to cr- deliberately create any kind of um, copyright issue. They just mm-hmm. play it to have a bit of background noise while they're either gaming or talking to people in chat. It, it's it's only really there as background noise rather than as something to, to listen to. Um, but there are a lot of streamers who do that all the time. And if they're getting flagged for stuff like that, um, that is going to create a lot of headaches for a lot of people. I, I have to say, though, I, I largely agree with you. I mean, I have seen Twitch streamers do it. And I don't think it's really a problem if, you, if you're a small time Twitch user. But well, it, I if use you want... copyright free. There's plenty of sources out there that are copyright free. Yeah. If I, if as and when I ever went onto Twitch, I would just for the sake of my own 
benefit i would never use um copyrighted music i would always use royalty free music even if it's just playing in the background while i'm off taking away or whatever i would just have that in the background or i'd rather have silence than what i would consider to be copyrighted music playing yeah. in the background um because we all know that the internet and dmca it's 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 gonna get more and more convoluted in the coming years um, well, it's been in the guidelines forever that you can't do that. You can't play this music on there. You know, it's just Twitch is, you know, such a different thing than something like YouTube that um, it's never really been an issue until now. People are like, oh, they'll never do anything. It's there. And they there's been plenty of people who make videos and such on this stuff that are like uh, that try to teach people better ways to stream and stuff that have discouraged against this for so long and just people didn't listen, you know, and it's finally coming to bite people in their ass pretty much. Like certain people on YouTube who stream full length anime videos. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, we're getting towards the end of things now, so uh, let's see what else we have here. The PC Game Show is back on Saturday, Hugh. It is. They're going to be uh, showing off over 50 games. Uh, I believe it had been delayed once already, hasn't it? It had been delayed. I mean, just just to clarify, this is not going to be a, a physical event. This is going um, oh, basically basically a heavily regulated kind of live stream come reaction but there are going to be absolutely loads of trailers from pretty much there's a lot of developers 2k there's a lot of there's a lot of developers that are um, down for this so um you know by in other words when this goes live uh this weekend um come the monday there are going to be at least at least 50 new trailers for you to digest and pick out. I'm okay with that. It'll give us plenty of stuff to talk about next week. It certainly will. Um, Speaking of uh, gaming and streaming and all that jazz, um, we have confirmation that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be on it. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, game speed running. Um, I love it too. I mean, between the two, I mean, there's two, generally speaking, two major organizers, there's GDQ and there's ESA. I tend to prefer ESA, and that's not just because it's the European Speedrunners Association. I just, I, I prefer ESA because it's more, a little more grassroots than, um, it's how GDQ used to be five or six years ago before GDQ turned more into a business than about the gamers. Um ESA, it, just watch, if you can watch the two, you can make your own mind up, but I just think watching a runner on ESA is more entertaining than watching somebody on GDQ. Um, but as you're aware, GDQ is still an amazing event, raising um, millions of dollars for charity um, over the last few years. And um, with a summer event coming up, they did initially say that they were postponing, uh, postponing it, rather, uh, just to see if the COVID situation would be at a reasonable enough level for him to proceed. Um, and the bottom line is they've decided that it it just isn't going to happen this year. So they're taking it online. Um, they're taking it online as a um, an online event where people will still be participating, still doing runs, but they'll be doing so from their own home. That will be streamed to the event and then broadcast on the channel. Um, I would know that this isn't entirely surprising because uh, if you do pay attention to these speedrunning channels, you'll note that over the last three or four months, 
this has pretty much been what they've been doing anyway. They've been yeah. generally having hosts within their own home operating on the channel, and then they've been having the runners, you know, streaming their their runs through, and they've just been commenting on it. It's it's a bit disappointing because part of GDQ is about the atmosphere. You don't yeah. get the atmosphere when it's one person at his desk and you don't have the crowd you don't have that kind of involvement but at least it is still going ahead and uh, for me i I, i'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing a lot of amazing runs because i i can't stress enough i really really love speed run videos try being a wrestling fan right now (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say Yeah, you, you, you've you've got more chance of seeing Bret Hart making a comeback than uh, seeing a live wrestling match at the moment. <laughs> Dude, it's just it takes yeah, like I, I can understand like what you're talking about because just taking the the audience out just it, it kind of like it loses its immersion, you know, like it loses what gets oh, oh, you're, you in. You're referring, to, you're referring to WrestleMania, aren't you? <laughs> I don't watch WWE. Uh, no comment. No, he doesn't watch it. He did used to participate in though, and as you can clearly tell, he used to be the stunt double for Bray Wyatt. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go on to the next news thing. <laughs> uh, uh, good times. Um, and uh, it's on a similar subject as well, really. Um, we've heard news that, um, uh, not that probably Hugh will care that much for it, but uh, in England, England, the Premier League is set to remake a return next week and it is debuting. It, the first game live is on June 16th and it's actually my own team. It's Aston Villa that are going to be playing against Sheffield United. So that's something I've been looking forward to. Um, the only issue is that with the, 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 the coronavirus uh, situation, it is going to be a closed door event. So wherever the game is going to be held, and I'm actually not even at this point, so if it's been held at... Um, Aston Villa's ground or if it's been held at a neutral venue I'll, I'll have to look into that but uh, there's going to be no crowd ergo no noise so you're going to have 22 players on a pitch who are going to have to be watching their language I would think for a start because <laughs> everything is going to be very clearly audible um, but um, now the it looks like the Premier League has been in touch with FIFA and this this is just going to make me kind of just cringe, but they've been in touch with FIFA because they want FIFA to use their crowd noises over the game. So in other words... Very interesting, <laughs> to say the least. I think I would prefer the silence, let's put it that way. I think I'd rather hear two two players telling each other to F off than um, hearing a fake crowd. But um, it, yeah, I mean, it's... The only plus side from it, from a sports fan perspective, is that a lot of the game, the games are going ahead, and a lot of them are going to be um, uh, are going to be free through various channels. So um, if you are a fan of football, it is coming back, and um, you you are not necessarily going to have to pay to watch um, watch the matches. A lot of them are going to be free. But uh, I can't help but just cr- I just find it cringeworthy. Why put fake? crowd noises I guess over. we'll just have to see how it turns I out I, 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 part of me did wonder if they were only doing it to stop you hearing the players swearing do you think that was, do you think they'll that put was, like do you think 
do you think like not only will we get crowd noises, but you'll also see like the like the old school models for like the crowd in the at, like in the stand, <laughs> or maybe they'll put like some cardboard cutouts up there or something. Static two frame figures in the crowd yeah. just doing that repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> And they should they should let EA um they should let them do the commentary as well because God knows that the commentary in those games as well can be absolute garbage sometimes <laughs> repeating itself four or five times in the same match. Uh, but no, I mean it's it's stupid. But uh, you know, uh, I think people would just rather hear the game being played. I mean, let's uh, if I was going to watch the match, I would rather not have the crowd noises, just hear the game have some music on in the background at my home and grab a few beers and just enjoy watching the match. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Also, is play music or something. Like, I know they have uh, sound systems throughout these places, so... Yeah, but, you know, whatever. It's, it, I'm, I'm very, very happy to see the... I'm happy to see the football coming back, but this just sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, whenever I seen this and I put it on here, I laughed. Yeah, but it's it it it's like a cringe laugh. It's like a really kind of laugh. Um, right, uh, get, get, coming towards the end now. Hugh, Xbox beta appers, uh, the the Xbox beta app has started to roll out mod support. Apparently, yeah. So there's there's not much to it. Uh, uh, I don't know whenever every single person will get it, but they're starting to actually give people. So for games that are like on Game Pass and stuff like that on the PC, uh, pretty soon everybody will, will be able to actually use mods on them. I think it's really cool. I think it's a good idea for them to do this. Everyone knows that the modding community for gaming is absolutely huge. And I think it would also be fair to say that generally speaking, Steam is about the only platform that really offers in-depth support for it. Um you gotta think uh, if if you have a popular game on a uh, Game Pass and people are able to mod it, and you know you're only paying like five bucks a month for Game Pass on the PC, you know it'll bring more people, more of the PC community in to purchase that, so they can get all these games that they can come in and mod and be able to play for longer. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's a nice little bit of throwaway news. I mean, how I, I still do, I, I quite like the Xbox PC Game Pass. I like it. I think there's an excellent library of games on there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost a lot of money, and it's particularly way better if you than have PS an, Now, yeah, massively better than P, PS Now. Uh, I think is one of the most overrated services out there. I don't know why people do use it, but um, Particularly if you have an Xbox console, though, for like $15 a month, you get this huge library on your console, on your PC, play as much of them as you like. And, you know, it it seems perfect to me. I mean, me and Hugh have used it several for several times uh, for the games like Sea of Thieves. Yeah, where we Suicide blows up other people's ships. Okay. I do not blow up that. Per- I did not put blow up that person's ship. Mm-hmm. It blew up randomly, mysteriously. Uh-huh. And and the guys whose ship it was just happened to blame you and kill you for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, that that was fun. But uh yeah, so um coming on to one of our last topics now, Konami producers of pachinko machines and very little else um in recent years is actually setting up a 
Western Bay Party Publishing Division. And they have released what? their first game. They and released the game it two is days Skill ago. Attack. Yeah. And um news because um as as I said somewhat cynically when I introduced this story, um I think many would agree that Konami has been showing over the last three to four years less and less interest in making games and more and more interest in making pachinko arcade cabinets for Japan. Um, And it's a shame when you consider that Konami has some absolutely amazing franchises uh, under their control. Um, Let's just start reeling them up. Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, um, Castlevania... Armored um, Core, they, right? Uh, pardon, sorry? Armored Core, I believe, is one of their games. I believe so. Uh, Contra, that's one of theirs. Um, oh, the last Contra game think, was god-awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think there was a Bomberman as well. I think that's a Konami franchise as well. And that, that I love Bomberman. None, some of the games are a bit hit and miss, but I think it's a great franchise. But anyway... Um, with Konami doing this, it at least gives some hope into the fact that they may start looking at actually making video games again. And the Skell Attack isn't isn't any solid indication of that because it's it's generally speaking, a, I, I don't think it would be unfair to say that it's more of an indie game that Konami has published um, rather yeah. than actually had a had a solid hand in developing. Um, Looks fine. But, it does, and I haven't once again haven't played it. Heard mostly decent things about it. If you want to give it a try, um, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, we have heard more and more rumors over the last few months that Konami might finally be willing to at least work out if they don't want to make the games themselves, they're at least willing to discuss deals to make a new Metal Gear Solid or a new Silent Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, that it would, would it'll be welcome long, news. They publish it, bring in a developer to make it. I would be just okay with that, man. It's just you're sitting on so many games that could be just pushing out great games. Like you couldn't even argue that Konami are pumping out the um, are reluctant to pump out the franchises for fear of the developer making a bad game because Downpour sure as hell was not a good game. Boy. Homecoming that could be a, that was could, not a good game. Homecoming was okay. Red Downpour, nah. not nah, in like it. Silent Hill Four was the last passable Silent Hill. I, I couldn't it get was, behind Downpour at all. Uh, just a little story, you know. Sorry to go off topic, but my literally when I got my when I got the job that I have now, and I got my first paycheck, it was like maybe. This is is. strap yourself in folks. It wasn't a very big (laughs) paycheck because I had just started. I only worked a few days. Uh, I literally went to the use like not used, but you know, the, uh, where they put the older games at on the shelf. Oh, the bargain discount, the discount section. There you go. I bought downpour for $20 and I still freaking regret it. To this day, I gave that game away because I didn't even think it was worth selling to someone. If you paid 19, if you paid $1 for that, you'd have been overcharged. It was horrible, Um, man. I mean, let's get this out of the way now. Which would you consider 
let, let's just do that because we're coming to the end of the video anyway. So let's let's allow this to go off on a, on a side branch. Name your top five Silent Hill games. Go. What's the best? What's what's the best one? My favorite. My favorite. My personal favorite is four. I love four. Just, so Silent I, Hill for the room. I think that's top I think, of the list for you. I think four has the best story. Uh, second would probably be one just for the nostalgia factor, and it, it has a really good story too. Um, I'd probably say three and then two and then homecoming. Cause I don't know any other ones. I've never played like the, I know they have one like on the, I forget what it's called. Shattered memories. Oh, you know what? I would put that over homecoming. I think that one was good. The one on the Wii was a good game. It's just really short. I think if I was to do my, and I, I will openly admit I am not a huge fan of the silent hill franchise in fact i'm not a i'm not a big fan of horror games in general i'll play them but i don't i i'm I'm gonna be honest and i might sound like a wuss by saying it i don't like scary games i don't like them i I don't like that i don't like jump scares and and stuff like that but i think if i was gonna pick go for my list of silent hill i think silent hill 3 at the top Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 4, Silent Hill 1, and then every, everything else just in a, a lump afterwards. Um, the only reason I put Silent Hill 1 in fourth is I know it was the first and most iconic of the games, but I just think it's the worst to revisit today. Yeah, I agree. I would love, you know, that's something else I, I have stated countless times. To even just go back and see like a remake of it, like they did with the Resident Resident Evil Two and Three, I think would be a great idea for them. Yeah, we have the HD collections. Fuck off! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I had to say it, but <laughs> no. Um, how do you how do you make an HD collection, but make the games worse than they originally looked? It makes no sense would like uh, the reason i think silent hill is the best uh, silent hill 3 is the best is that i think it had a decent story i think it had decent puzzles i think it had a decent um the, the interaction in the game the way the controlled and moved was was better than two they kind of they semi dropped the tank controls from uh, silent hill one and two um, but more than that, I think that silent hill 3 despite being well over i think it's well over 10 years old now still holds up today it's still actually and you can get that there are once again wink wink there are plenty of pc versions out there that you can obtain and i think if you were to play it you would find that now of course the game isn't without its bugs and glitches the pc yeah. port wasn't actually that none of the silent hill pc ports were were that good if i'm honest but I think if you were to look and watch silent hill 3 being played today i think most would agree that it does still graphically hold up um in regards to remakes and remasters, though, I think what I would love to see is I'd love to see Silent Hill 1 and 2 remade. I'd love and for I them to just could... go down the line, just stop it. I think, I think honestly think they could just get away with a remaster for Silent Hill 3. I don't think it needs remaking. I think they could just remaster that game, and I think people would, would be more than happy. Just get it on the PC, on the PS4, the PS5, whatever. Just polish up the graphics, fix out what bugs you did in the first place, and release it, and people would buy it. Um, and it wouldn't even be that hard, but Silent Hill tangent concluded. I think <laughs> we are done. Yeah, I think that's it for today. 
Um, so as usual, next week, next week, next week, we're going to talk about our favorite Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> okay, we can do that. We'll, well, you know, we can do that at the end of the episode next week. Sure, sure, we can do that. So I can just say how uh, there's only four of them. Well, well, well that that depends. Do you include the VR missions from four Metal of them. Gear Solid One? You don't. You, what about Twin Snakes on there's the? Uh, I mean, okay, four of them. Okay, there's Metal what Gear Solid them? One, Two, Three, and Four. There's four of them, and then and then and then Ground Zeroes, and then five. No, there's only four. Well, we'll get it. We won't spoil it, but if if you. <laughs> If you're if you're interested to see, because I, I have a feeling me and you are actually going to disagree quite a lot on this one. But if you're interested <laughs> to see um, what, what roads we go down with there, be sure to check out next week's uh, podcast. All right. So as usual, if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe, and also comment anything down below that you would like to see, and stop saying that you like the video seven days before it comes out. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um and if you're listening to it on uh as a podcast make sure to um subscribe on there to keep up whenever the next episode will come out and all of the episodes that we have made but until next time i hope all of you have a great day and i am hugh rageous we are technically gaming and we will see you later peace